Let no one caught in sin remain inside the light of inward shame, but fix our eyes upon the cross and run to him who showed great love and bled for us. Freely you bled for us. 
Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come away, come away, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come away, come away, come and rise up from the Would you pray with me this morning? Father, would you uh, speak to us this morning? Lord, through the communion of believers gathered here, as we encourage one another, Lord, speak to us through the Thank you. 
Continuing our series of It's Still Okay to Not Be Okay, and I want to mention a couple of things. And a good admonition from a brother last week that, that I've thought about all week, and I want to make sure I touch on this, as well as another aspect that I didn't uh, mention last week that I think is important. So I'll go with the second one first, and that is it's, we talk about it's okay to not be okay, and that it's still okay to not be okay because things are weird and life is hard. It's important for us to understand that God doesn't want us to remain not okay. He wants to do work in our lives. He wants to take the areas where we struggle, and He wants to bring His presence, His truth, His wisdom into those through the Word, through teaching, through conversation with other believers who are also pursuing Christ, and for us to be sharpened and to grow and to be transformed more fully into that new creation that he's promised we can be. And so, I don't want to give the impression that when we say it's okay to not be okay, that it's okay to just live there. Because God wants more for you. Now, don't also take that to mean that there's any shame in having times when things are just not okay. Life is hard. Life is random. Circumstances happen that are beyond our control, that are sometimes caused by other people. And the admonition that I, that I took last week and I'm thankful for is also to be reminded, God says that there's an enemy who seeks to destroy you. The Bible describes him as a, a lion who wants to devour you. And so sometimes we're not okay, or things aren't okay, circumstances aren't okay, because there is evil in the world. That evil is still at work, and, and we can talk about it in a lot of different philosophical ways, like the evil that exists in the world simply because of Adam's fall, that it's stained creation. And so we call that we're fallen, we're broken because of that sin. There is that kind of evil that's in the world, but there's also the, the active evil that seeks to tear down that which is good to distract you, 
or derail you from your life in Christ. And we can't, we can't ignore those truths as we pursue trying to find out in some of these areas of our lives how we can get to a place of being, quote, okay. And our version of okay is to be where and who and how God wants you to be in that home. That's okay. That's being good. Being disciplined to the Lord, being obedient to the Lord, being trusting in the Lord, and seeking Him to help you navigate those things that are difficult, that are making parts of your life not quite so okay right now. So, uh, this morning we're going to talk about doubt. And, uh, you know, as I was preparing for this, oh well, I totally forgot how to drink. Christ never failed to distinguish between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is can't believe. Unbelief is won't believe. Doubt is being honest. Unbelief is being obstinate. Doubt is looking for the light. Unbelief And lastly, Charles Spurgeon, great uh, preacher, expositor of the word, respected by so many. He would think, kind of like we think of Paul. You know, surely Paul never struggled. Paul never had any doubts. Paul never had any issues. And yet we see Paul talking about even that he has this affliction in the flesh that the Lord has sent to him by way of the devil. Remember what I just said? out there, the enemy's out there, and he's praying to God to release him from it, but God has said, no, and he's in case he still struggles with that. Another time, Paul says, he says, I don't understand you and who I am, the things that I know I should do, I don't do them, and the very things I know that I shouldn't do, I'm still attracted to them, and I do them. And so, we, a lot of people think of the guy like Charles Spurgeon, he's such a jerk. 
giant among so many as a preacher and as someone who explains the word and, and great theological ideas that they would think he would be the same. And then he says things like this. Some of us who have preached the word for years and have been the means of working faith in others and of establishing them in the knowledge of fundamental doctrines of the Bible have nevertheless been the subjects of the most fearful and violent doubts as to the truth of the very gospel we have preached. It seems to me that doubt is worse than trial. I had sooner suffer any affliction than be left with a question about the gospel or my own interest in it. It is not my aim to introduce doubts and fears in your minds, no. But I do hope that self-examination may help to drive them away. It is not security, but false security, which we would kill. Not confidence, but false confidence, which we would overthrow. And not peace, but false peace. say that there have been times in my own life, I've been in full-time ministry now for almost 30 years, that's crazy, not what I thought I was going to do with my life, didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but I didn't think it was going to do this, I thought it was pretty dead set against it being this, God and I thought about that for a long time, and then even all of that time, there come occasions when things are difficult, I've messed up, or life has come down. This, this, this competition. And for the longest 
second period of time, the prophets of Baal shout out, cry out, dance, set up their sacrifices, set up their altars, they cut themselves, they scream that they're crazy, they're out of their minds, and nothing happens. Finally, it's Elijah's turn. He has the people build an altar with stones and carve a great big moat around the altar and put a bowl on top of it and wood on top of it and they pour buckets and buckets and buckets of water all over the altar, all over the sacrifice, all over the ground. They fill up that trough with water. It's soaking wet. He goes out and he lifts his eyes to heaven and prays to God to reveal himself. And fire falls from heaven and consumes that entire altar, not just the sacrifice and the wood, but the rocks burn up and the ground burns up and the water is all. It's just filled.
And as we continue to read through there, we see that an angel came provided food for them in the midst of that, that crying, that weeping, that doubting, that fear. Then in verse 9, we pick it back up. Uh, he, was, he was out there by the way in the wilderness on Mount Horus, 40 days and 40 nights.
And Thomas said, I don't know if this is really true. Jesus answers. And when Elijah says, I've done so much for you, and I saw you working, and then he's brought me to this, and now I don't know what's going on. I'm so confused about what it is you're trying to do. And so I'm out here just kind of spotted it out on my own. I wish I was dead. Now I don't know where I'm going. I don't have a purpose. God doesn't go, Cataclysmic things that we have around you 
God says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he goes back and says, I think I've done everything for you. I've been jealous for you. He gets through all of that. He says, uh, I'm, the only one, I'm the only prophet left. And if people want to kill me, they want to take my life away. And then in verse 15, God says, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And he gives him an assignment. There's two things that I want to kind of
Sing one more song together before we leave this morning. We're actually going to close with a video today. I want to tell our folks uh, online, especially this video might get uh, blocked by our YouTube broadcast. The link is in the description. And I also want to say this um, this video uh, portrays some difficult subjects uh, related to childhood uh, depression, suicide, visually some of the pictures that
Christ is my reward and all of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, my soul will sing, no turning back. I've been set free. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need. Christ, my all in all. Enjoy my salvation. And this hope will never fail. Heaven is our home. Through every storm, my soul will sing, Jesus is here, to God be the glory, Christ is enough for me, Christ is enough for me, everything I need is in I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. Thank you. 